0: And welcome to the Top Flight Podcast as we continue our road to Moscow. Ori Benatar here with Mahith Gamaj. Mahith, how are you doing today? Good, Ori, Ori. I'm doing fine, man. How about you? I'm doing well. Also, as we are going to be continuing our preview series... And today we're talking about Belgium, one of the best teams in the world, one of the top seeds. They will be in Group G, facing the likes of England, Panama, and Tunisia, to take a look at their previous World Cup history. This will be their 14th World Cup qualified. They made it back in 2014 in Brazil, as their golden generation has kind of taken them to new heights, but they were eliminated in the quarterfinals in Brazil against Argentina, and at the European Championships two years ago, they were knocked out by Wales in a big upset but Belgium were one of the first European teams to qualify for this World Cup and Mahith they have one of the best squads entering this tournament they have some serious depth
1: by far Ori they are fantastic they got great great options up front great options in midfield Um, their center back core is definitely among the best in this tournament I think by far probably top three with Spain and Germany for center backs uh, all of them stars and I think they do have the squad depth to go far in this tournament, but the squad cohesion is the one thing that I'm worried about with
0: Belgium. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. The cohesion is really the thing that... Um, people have been concerned about because, you know, on paper, this is one of the best teams in world football. Thibaut Courtois in goal. You have the likes of Vermaelen, Alder company, Vertongen Vertonghen in defense, Kevin De Bruyne, Witzel, Fellaini, Nangolin, Dembele, Carrasco. Midfield depth is crazy. And then up front, the likes of Lukaku and Hazard and Morales and Mertens and Origi, Batshuayi, uh, De Four. Benteke is probably not making the squad. Everyone thought he was going to be the number one for Belgium for so many years, but... Uh, Here we are with this Belgium team and Roberto Martinez as their their manager. And the thing that I've noticed with Belgium in the recent tournaments is most of the time the starting lineup will play and they won't get the goals they need. And then the subs will come on and score. So looking at this Belgium team, the squad hasn't been announced yet, but we can kind of see who that starting 11 would be. Who would you say would be those super subs in this tournament?
1: I think there's a few young players that could actually make a difference in this. Uh, they've got Yuri Telemans from Monaco, who's uh, done a great job um, in his youth days. He's just 21, but he's captain Anderlecht. He's, you know, he's starting to become a firm member of the squad, and I think he can make a difference off the bench. And even an ac- accomplished name like Rajan Angolan, who actually hasn't been a big part of the Belgian team lately, he's been on the bench quite often. I think you know he's a very energetic guy, can shoot from long range, can get them a goal. I don't know where potentially, like he did in the in the Champions League semi final against Liverpool with the late goal that he scored. But yeah, they've they've got a few names, even Carrasco, who's playing in China now. Exciting players. They've got speed on the bench. Uh, Thorgan Hazard, Divock Origi. These guys are you know young, talented
0: guys that could definitely make a difference off the bench. Yeah, and this Belgium team does have youth on their side. You know the likes of Lukaku, twenty five; Hazard, twenty seven; Thorgan Hazard. At 25, same age as Lukaku, he's only two months older than Lukaku. But Mahith, who do you think is the one player on this Belgium team that must have a good tournament for Belgium to actually probably go above their expectations of maybe getting into the final of this World Cup?
1: Yeah, so most people would say Hazard or De Bruyne, but I'm going to go 100%. It has to be Romelu Lukaku here. Because I know De Bruyne will make the chances. I know Hazard will make the chances. But the thing with Lukaku is that in big games in the past, he hasn't been up to standard. And I think he has to have a great World Cup for Belgium to have any chance. Because they're going to have to face a great team in the quarterfinals if they get there. And Lukaku is going to be key to that. You know De Bruyne is going to, going to create chances. You know Hazard is going to, going to cause problems for the opposition. But Lukaku is the one that has to be
0: there. Yeah, Lukaku ended up did scoring a goal in the World Cup. He scored the eventual... Uh, winner against the United States in that round of 16 match, uh, the last World Cup game for the U.S. until hopefully 2022. We'll see uh, what 2022 brings for the United States. But uh, looking at Belgium's group, it looks like first place seems like a a cinch. But that England-Belgium game, it's going to be the last game in the group. Uh, How can Belgium really dominate that English team and likely get those nine points that they would expect to get in this group stage? Because they got nine points in the last World Cup in their previous group.
1: Yeah, so I, I do think Belgium's firepower will be too much for England to handle. England has a really weak midfield, um, especially with leaving Jack Wilshere and Lilan at home. They've got uh, Henderson will probably play role, Loftus-Cheek, but those guys really can't compare it to Belgium's front three or front four or just their their front six in general Is just is just way too good for England, and I think Belgium will beat them. And if you look at both teams... Let's say you make a combined squad. I think the only players from England that would really get in are the fullbacks, Harry Kane and probably Raheem Sterling. Those are the only ones I can think of really. So uh, I do think Belgium will have um, plenty of success against England. And they know the players well, of course. They most of these players play in the Premier League with each other. Lots of teammates from you know Tottenham, Man City, and those guys on these England and Belgium teams.
0: Yeah, I mean, looking at the Tottenham matchup, because you've got the two Tottenham center backs, and Vertongen and Alder Verreld, who I think we would, could say would probably be the starting center backs for Belgium. By the time you get to that third game, it is possible that you give maybe Lawrence Simon or Dedrick Boyata a go, uh, those guys playing in the MLS and the Scottish Premier League, respectively. But who has that edge in a matchup between defenders that know attackers? Because you've got Alder V and Vertongen, Tottenham center backs. And you've got Kane and Ali, Tottenham attackers. So who has the edge in that matchup between Spurs teammates?
1: I think it's always the defenders, Ori. I think I think those two, Vertonghen and Alderweireld, are, are a world-class duo. And I think, I think they would have this in the bag, especially with a goalie such as Thibaut Courtois behind them. And the thing about Kane and Ali is I don't think they would have enough service to them. And I don't think they're going to get as many chances as they would if perhaps Lallana stayed fit and was in the squad. Um, But yeah, I do think the defenders have this in the bag, especially with the great goalie behind them. The only issue that I have is I think Raheem Sterling could cause problems. Uh, Belgium have a weak fullback core. I think that's the, the weakest part of their squad is their fullback core. And if they choose to go with a back three, which I think they might, I think that might suit Raheem Sterling well.
0: Yeah, Belgium known to start center backs in the fullback, uh, in the left back and right back position. That's what Mark Wilmots did with this Red Devil team at Euro 2016 and at the 2014 World Cup. As Belgium are trying to get themselves back into the semifinals of the World Cup, the highest they finished in this tournament is fourth place in 1986. They were runners up in the European Championships all the way back in 1980. But this is Belgium's golden generation. Is this? a legitimate year where they can win the World Cup, or do they still need more time? I
1: think they... I don't think they have more time, to be honest with you. I think this is one of their last chances. Euro 2016 was a great opportunity for them, but they squandered it in that quarterfinal uh, against Wales, which they absolutely should have won, seeing the talent on their team, but they failed to. And this is by far the best Belgian team in history, even though you said they did finish fourth in 1986, um, this right here is a squad on paper that's capable of winning the World Cup. But then when you see them on the pitch, it's not as convincing, and it never has been. So I... I don't see Belgium winning this World Cup because in the past their squad cohesion hasn't been good, and even even upgrading Mark Wilmot's I think after Euro 2016, they hired Roberto Martinez, who is a good manager, better than Wilmot's, but I don't think he's at the same level as you know Joachim Löw or Tite at Brazil, um, that have experience in these kind of situations. Yeah, I
0: really don't see them winning. The one downside with Roberto Martinez as the Belgium manager is we don't get to see him as a as an, an, an analyst on ESPN here in the states. I always like I liked his commentary a lot. I always thought he did a good job. Obviously, ESPN doesn't own the rights to the World Cup anymore. It's going to be on Fox. But yeah, I mean, I think this Belgium team. If they play their cards right and they get lucky with some upsets, you know, they could go pretty far as I think we'll move on to the prediction portion of our preview. So basically how we do predictions here on these preview shows to save right before the tournament. We're planning on doing, you know, a big show, big predictions. We're basically going to be predicting what's the maximum number of points we think Belgium can get in this group and also what we how far legitimately Belgium can get in the knockout stages, kind of taking a look at the possible matchups there. So, Mahith, nine points, would you say, is the max for Belgium? Yeah, I think that should be their goal. I think they for
1: sure can beat England, and they'll believe that they can beat England. And uh, Roberto Martinez will be expecting nine points from this group, especially with Panama and Tunisia, you know. Of course, they're not pushover teams, but they should be beatable for a team like Belgium and England as well. And uh, I think that game between Belgium and England
0: will determine who finishes first in the group easily. Yeah, I would agree with that, unless England decides to continue being England and lose to Tunisia or tie Tunisia in that first game. Yeah, it wouldn't be surprising, but uh, you got to go with what you what you expect. But yeah, that, that's possible for sure. Yeah, I think Belgium should be winning this group with nine points. We did see Belgium get nine points in the last World Cup. They had a bit of a scare against Russia, but they were able to get a late winner from Divac Origi to win that game, also had late goals in the second half against Algeria in the opening game in the group stage of that tournament, then Jan Vertonghen scored a winner. So it's not like the group stage was easy for Belgium. They had some tough games in what a lot of people consider to be a relatively easy group. I would say Belgium should be finishing with nine points two. I think they have too much talent for England, but it also is going to depend on which two teams perform between Belgium and England, which of those teams performs the best in the games against Panama and Tunisia. And I think there's a chance that England Could perform better against Panama, seeing as their defense, I think, might be a little bit more, you know, balanced when you have actual wing backs playing. You know, you could have Trent Alexander Arnold and Kyle Walker starting. We're not sure who's going to be the starting right and left backs for this England team because Belgium might have an issue with that against a team like Panama, who likes to tackle, you know, defenders hard and tackle attackers hard. The likes of Hazard could have a really tough time against Panama, but I'll say Belgium gets nine points. But Belgium finishes first in the group. We take a look at this bracket. Round of 16, you're playing someone from Group H, you know, the likes of Colombia, Japan, and Senegal uh, pop into mind. So Belgium is not going to have a super easy game in the round of 16. Yeah, no, this Group H is very strong from top to bottom. All four teams,
1: similar level, all have firepower, you know, Poland, Lewandowski, Senegal, Mane, um, Kito Balde, Colombia, of course, James Falcao, Japan, even uh, with Okazaki and um, those guys up there, but in Group H, any of these teams can finish first or second. I don't see any of them being clear favorites or clear, you know, um, someone that won't make it. But I do think
0: Belgium will have trouble in the round of 16 against any of these teams. I think we could see an extra time game. I think if Belgium play Colombia, that game could go to extra time. If they play Senegal, I think Belgium in the midfield and defensively will be a little bit too much against you know, Sadio Mane and a Senegal team that only has you know a handful of talented players where from top to bottom, this Belgium team is one of the most talented in the world and at this tournament. But then you go look into the quarterfinals. You're probably going to be facing the likes of maybe Brazil, probably Brazil in the quarterfinals and Belgium got knocked out by Brazil in the 2002 world cup. So is the semifinal realistic for Belgium or are they going to get knocked out in the quarterfinals for a third straight major tournament? Um, yeah. So the, the thing with this is even
1: if they win their group or finish second, Belgium they'll have to play one of those group H teams which are all pretty similar level and then if they beat them they'll have to play either Germany or Brazil most likely in the quarterfinal and those are probably the two best teams in this whole tournament so this, li- this really hasn't been lined up well for Belgium but you know to be the best you have to beat the best that's what they always say So uh, if Belgium really believes in this golden generation, they have to beat. They can't sit there and you know complain about their bracket. They have to go ahead and beat these guys if they if they have any chance of of winning the tournament. Because I think they believe they can win with the squad they have. They have to believe they can win, but uh, it'll be really difficult. And I think they they would be heavy underdogs against Brazil or Germany just because of those teams' experience. And uh, uh, I think both of those teams have stronger starting eleven as well.
0: We'll have to see what the Red Devils of Belgium cook up for this 2018 World Cup. Probably going to have to face one of the best teams in the world if they get to the quarterfinals. But I'm sure this Belgium team is up for the challenge as they continue to move their way up the FIFA rankings and up into the higher echelons of one of the best teams in the world. Thank you, Mahith, for uh, joining me on this podcast. We appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you, or Anytime. All right, so for Mahith Gamaj, I'm Ori Benatar. We will continue our road to Moscow here on the Top Flight Podcast. Check out some other team previews on iTunes or Spreaker.